0: it's about vision it's about values and it's about velocity
1: catherine let's start here 2020 was pretty insane 2021 is chaotic right people are opening here closing there all this stuff but your advice on leading in turbulent times is to never waste a crisis what do you mean by that
0: yeah it's, it's an expression I've, I've used several times over my career, and I, I like it because everyone gets afraid in crisis times, right? And yet, on the other hand, we always say that as marketers, we need to disrupt the market. Well, in many ways, there are two ways to look at the same thing, whether one's intentional or one is organic. Um, but that kind of disruption, it creates changes and unknowns and energy, and I, so on the one side, there's fear and possible loss, and everyone's afraid of that all the time. But on the other side, there are openings. And that's where the opportunity lies. So And in either case, there's energy. And so the way I look at it is that the trick is to review and restate your values, know, know who you are, because that gives you strength during a time of crisis. But then you have to quickly do what every marketer always has to do, which is to know their audience. What's going on here? What changes are going on with our consumers in terms of their lifestyle, in terms of how they're thinking, in terms of what they're doing, in terms of their spend to quickly identify where those opportunities are? As I said, there's a crisis or a disruption. So there's loss and there's opportunity. Right. Two sides of the same coin. And so how can you quickly identify those opportunities and then leverage that energy that will exist one way or another to motivate your teams with that energy and transform it into opportunity?
1: Yeah, I mean, you you obviously don't want the crisis, right? I mean, the crisis is definitely bad in a lot of cases, but you can use that, in other words, to start to execute your vision.
0: I actually think there are three Vs for, for a CMO. Um, It's about vision, it's about values, and it's about velocity. So yes, in a crisis, then you want to come back to your values, as I said, because your values need to stay firm. They give you that strength of conviction. So one of the biggest opportunities in a crisis is stabilizing and redirecting your employees and that the values, by restating your values, uh, it's a source of strength. And the third part is this notion of velocity and that's the part I'm talking about with a crisis is that energy comes out of that and momentum comes out of that and how we learn to leverage momentum. I worked at Nike and we are constantly looking at how do we leverage
2: momentum, um, in a good way. Nice. This is inspiring. You are walking the talk for me, Catherine, I have to say. Because when I think about it, you know, the three V's that you're sharing there, that's sort of what we saw at Babel as well, right? Because we had the crisis, we had COVID, yep. um, and then with Velocity and Values, you introduce Babel for free for all students. Tell me about the motivation there and the connection. If I take us back to the beginnings of COVID, I'm in Europe right now,
0: and um, it started all in Italy, if you recall. And the first thing that happens were the schools were closed. And in my team, there were Italians, and I remember, you know, people saying, are we going to go home? Do we not? What are we going to do as leaders? And people calling their families uh, in Italy and finding out what was going on, and the schools were closing. And it touched our employees in, in a way where they were really worried about their families. And I was thinking, wow, the schools are closing. So that's impacting our consumers because we're all, we're, we're a learning company, we're about education. So, what can we do to reassure people in this crisis? And going back to our values, which is that we really believe in. Learning another language helps you discover the world and ultimately understand yourself. And we wanted to be able to provide some kind of comfort for our customers. So the idea was started in Italy. Let's just give Babel for free to Italian students while they are schools are closed. This is something they can do at home. And it will create a, it will give them an opportunity um, and a sense of. Structure and a way of not having all be lost. So we started it in Italy, uh, and, and actually the the whole process was quite exciting to do this because it came up it came up very organically. Uh, and I put together a very small team uh, and a diverse team of people from PR, performance marketing, um, product. I think there were only like four people, and, and I said, okay it's a hurry up offense. What can you do overnight? How can we do this overnight? Literally, it was an impossible goal. And so we didn't quite get it done overnight, but it it made us break all the rules about how we traditionally go through things and get approval and all of that. And our CEO greenlighted it within 24 hours. And then I think within about 48 hours, we had it launched in Italy. So there were, there were two things that happened out of that One is um, our Italian customers were extremely appreciative and we got huge engagement and we got huge PR and it was that moving quickly. And that's the third V of velocity um, that really led us realize, oh my gosh, well then the school started closing in France and then in Germany. And so we just started rolling it out from country to country to country. Eventually they were closing the U S and we, we offered it in the U S as well. So it was the kind of thing we, we just, we, we were, sort of chasing COVID um, in that regard is we we latched onto something that was working very well. And uh, as the, the schools closed around the world, we, we followed that. It is a very small and diverse team that was responsible to do it. They had to speak to different people, but they were gonna come together and figure it out. And that took all of our traditional processes and threw them out the window. And in many ways that liberated people. To realize, oh my God, I can actually move really quickly. And it's what I have, it's a big belief that I have about this notion of moving quickly. And that's where we come back to that
2: notion of don't waste a crisis. So it struck a chord. Now we're in 2021. How do you keep those users? One of the
0: interesting things about people who use Babel is. A lot of people use it before they travel. And then interestingly, there's a large number of people who use it after they come back. Because when you go and travel overseas, you actually are getting to use the product in the way it's ultimately intended to be used. It's not meant to be an app. We're not a translation service. We're a transformation service of giving people the tools themselves to be able to go out into the real world and enjoy it. And so travel is being in the real world. So you're using the fruits of the labor of Babel in the real world. And so what happens is we see people come home and they actually want to keep going because in some ways it's allowing them to keep the travel experience and make it more of a real experience in their day-to-day lives.
1: You've recently added live classes, podcasts, How do you change a product that people are using without alienating people who already use it, your existing customers?
0: Um, Well, that's the name of the game, right, is you always want to stay close to your consumers and you have to innovate. Simply being on the app was really good. We created a very good uh, product, but it wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And people were going offline. In fact, they were they were creating Facebook groups themselves for community until we started to create realize. Oh, we need to create the community for them, or they're going to go offline. So similarly, we realized that um, the best learning is an integrated approach that combines different kinds of learning. One is on an app, two is in real life, and three is a is a classroom. So. When there were no more live uh, in-person classrooms, we realized you know this is the perfect time for us to launch what we knew customers needed all, all all along, which is live. And and we didn't change our product; we added new features and services. And I think that's the important part: changing your product entirely can be very risky and you have to do that, I think, incrementally. It is a skill to know how to maintain a certain kind of existing customer and appeal to a new customer at the same time. Because ultimately, as we know, you want more customers and you want more of a share of a wallet of all of them.
1: What I love is that you deepen the engagement by providing what your customers wanted, what they were leaning into on their own and provided that in-platform to deepen the engagement.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, and and they're on your app. You see it right away, what they're doing. And if you provide more features on that app, you can see that engagement in terms of uh, numbers of minutes per day,
2: per month, all the different metrics that we use. You had to change your content, change your marketing overnight, very quickly. Also customizing it for your users, following, as you said, what they were leaning into. How'd you do it? Uh, I would come back to
0: say what I said at the very beginning, which is knowing your customer. And that's the ultimate responsibility of any marketer, right? You have to stay very, very close to your customer and understand what they needed. So in our case, one was the notion that their schools were closed. Two is our campaigns used to be about how much you could learn on your commute, well, that's really tone deaf. So luckily our CRM team caught this right away is that we had an ongoing automated commuter prompt and we realized that we had to change that. Once we realized that, we realized that we had to throw out all of our marketing because it was completely off tune for where our consumers were at the time. And then, you know, if I come back to the three Vs, vision, values, and velocity, is looking at our values and what was really important to us. And because we believe that languages help you communicate to other people in order to actually create relationships and see, understand other people deeply and differently and ultimately understand yourself, we realize that the values that we are purporting are something that we should talk about in COVID and how it is really what we want to do is to help people come together while we're particularly in this moment where we were being pushed apart so i pushed to get um, the first ever ceo newsletter we never had our ceo speak directly to our consumers but i felt it was important because our values were so right for the fear that was going on in the marketplace so we started the ceo newsletter it had the highest speaking of engagement um, the highest click-through open rate um, ever Wow. Granted, there was no sales incentive here. It was truly just a values-driven piece. And that made us realize that our consumers were looking for content. They were looking for emotion because they were scared. And that we could do all kinds of things virtually through the contact that we had with them. So even though people couldn't travel, we started doing all kinds. Our products teams started to innovate. And this is where the school innovation led to more innovation. People saw that we were able to do things, we were able to do things quickly. And so all of their own entrepreneurial juices started to flow and we greenlighted things very, very quickly um, because it was a whole experimental period and we didn't know how long it would last. So we started trying to do things where our teachers who are online usually creating a, a long-term product launch would then actually go online in a virtual classroom, and look at where people were having trouble, and create online sessions for our customers to be able to call in and ask about uh, some of the challenges that we're having, and learn from each other. So, mm-hmm. all of the teams felt liberated, I think, by this um, lack of traditional process that we we intentionally blew up and said, you know, we're going to throw out things that we had done and start anew. The one thing that took a little bit longer was coming back to traditional campaigns, which we knew we wanted to do because we could speak broadly. But if you remember, no one was filming anything except for virtually. And how to get the logistics of that took us a little while.
1: That's totally understandable. Uh, I want to ask you to maybe take what you learned from having your CEO speak on an emotional level on a values level and the massive engagement that you got from that what's the lesson from that for other cmos that they can use in non-crisis times
0: yeah i am a marketer that believes obviously in our sales that's my job but i believe that there's something beyond sales that we are here for and And in in marketing, right, the definition of the word is about the market you have to know your customers and you have to know what they're thinking and you have to know where they're going. And hopefully your product, your service, your brand is standing for something bigger than just sales. And if you have this kind of a higher purpose, then you can always go to that. And that will help give you the ideas and the inspiration of how to adapt that purpose to the changes that are going on in our market at any any given time. Mm-hmm. as the consumer's values change. You know, you just simply ask, um, are we selling something? And are, are we providing an opportunity? Or are we providing a, a bigger idea?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Now you've run brands uh, and you've run SaaS services. What can subscription services teach more traditional brands about customer engagement?
0: Yeah, a a SaaS business, of course, is um, by definition, consumers are on your app. So it's very responsive. You can see immediately what is going on. On the other hand, you're also required to move immediately as I said, in terms of that commute. So the best brands do the same, um, and they usually do it through PR, social, or ads. And so now that even traditional brick and mortar brands have gone online, they too are are gonna learn that you have to move really quickly. Um, So I really like the idea that SaaS forces you to look very closely and stay quick um, watching your consumer. And I think that there's lots of opportunity, as you say, for um, other brands to be able to learn from that and push that notion of velocity into other distribution.
2: I love it. You're talking a lot about velocity and the values. And there are other skill sets for marketers as well. You're talking about values, you're talking about humanity, and you stress also the emphasis and need for empathy and vulnerability how do you embody that as a CMO, but how do you also express that in your brand? At the end of the day, as a
0: marketer, you have to have empathy for your consumer and you have to understand them. Now, I've worked in a lot of different markets. I have to be very open-minded. I have to be very empathetic. I have to listen. And it's that kind of listening that we do, if we have two fixed ideas ourselves about what we know, then we can't be as open to the cues and the signals that the market is is giving us. So I I think that the best marketers are are trained to think, um, to understand consumers, and then we learn the skills for how to reach and engage them. And those skills will constantly change in our marketplace based on the innovation of distribution, be it through products or services and or or content in terms of the values. But if you have been trained to think and you learn to constantly stay in that level of our humanity of what drives us as people uh, and what connects us as people, then you can always use those um, despite and harnessing uh, all of the different short-term skill sets that come and go over time. Mm
2: -hmm. I'd like to know what's at risk if you aren't human in your marketing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you're not human, the consumer won't stay with you because it feels two-dimensional the other uh, another aspect of of my particular background is i've been able to work it, with a lot of the best brands around the world whether it's sportswear nike or luxury with louis vuitton and gucci and one of the things all of these brands have beyond integrity and 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 great quality is emotional connection with consumers so that's probably why i Uh, have a strong sense of that humanity, because when you're offering products that have an emotional connection to their consumer, you actually create greater value in the marketplace for the consumer and for you as a business, because that's where you're starting to create um, a higher and um, irrational level of value so if you're if you're on the lowest rational value and you're selling a consumer product that is very basic, people will be competing and they'll often be competing on price. When you start to add an emotional layer into it, you're creating an intangible value that should represent your brand in and of itself. And, and there the sky's the limit. You know, you, you can start to create additional emotional value through which competitors have a harder time taking you off Mm -hmm. your your pedestal because you have created a strong and a loyal following to to your brand and the consumer trusts you, right? So ultimately you want to have a brand that has trust in the marketplace with your consumers and even with people who may not have had you before, but they still will know that that brand stands for integrity. And if I were to choose one day to um, buy into it, I know that I will probably be satisfied with what their product will offer.
1: I love that. I love that creating irrational value. That makes a ton of sense. Want to talk a little bit about how you take that empathy and that marketing from a human perspective without which you can't connect. Uh, But you've still got metrics to hit, right? Uh, You've still got the hardcore sales targets to help achieve. What metrics do you focus on? What are your golden rules there?
0: Well, the golden rule is the funnel, right? So (laughs) the typical funnel from the very top of reach to awareness, consideration, sales, loyalty, and recommendation. From my background, I am a huge advocate of quality, quality and integrity. And so I look at the very bottom of the the funnel to bring people back into the top um, very closely. You can't work in Japan and not stand for quality and integrity. After service is so important, and to me, after service is actually a um, top of funnel sales tool as well. So I actually worked for Nordstrom too at one point, and Nordstrom, in its sector, is considered one of the best because they have a policy that is, if you don't like it, return it, right? No questions asked. That's a huge marketing sell, and yet it's an after-service one. So mm-hmm. when you ask me what are the metrics, of course, at the end of the day, I am um, I am incented by sales, but you can't get to sales without the whole funnel, um, which is all the other
2: metrics I mentioned. So you've inspired me, um, <laughs> but how do you inspire and empower people To share your goals in your organization. They have to think about empathy. They have to accept also some level of vulnerability. And they have to take ownership of the customer relationship without monopolizing the ownership of the customer relationship. How do you balance that?
0: Obviously, one of the most important parts for any person in a C-suite is leadership and walking the talk. So, I do lead with my vision and my values, and then I try to make it stick by the way I work on a day-to-day basis. So I personally try to create a very uh, open um, and tough environment within my team. When I say tough is that I will support people and I want people to share their own challenges but I will also then hold them to it, and sometimes I will call them out if they are not stand if they are not following through with their own goals, um, and and I think that that then creates that sense of integrity and trust in the team. And I I, I believe in there's a notion of the glass castle in a company is that especially nowadays um, consumers are looking at the values not only of the brand but of the company. And so if you create the values that are part of your brand on the outside amongst your teams, that shines through because then everyone is behaving in such a way that is consistent with your brand. And that's where I think um, business, brand, and culture are three different words of the same um, anchor. For any, for any business and, um, and, and and you then, you're creating a, multiplic- a multiplicative effect mm-hmm. um, by walking your talk with your teams, modeling it to them so they do it with their teams and then everyone is thinking that way as we're working
2: on the external side with our consumers. I'd love to hear What's next for you, Catherine? Because it's a career that goes from consumer to SaaS, as John was pointing out, uh, fashion. But what is the next frontier for you? Hmm. So I want to do a couple
0: things. I'm going to use this opportunity to, one, write my book, um, create a platform that is really about this notion of embracing our diverse selves in order to create um, and, and see opportunities in the future. So happy if people want to um, learn more about it by um, following me as I I start to reach out and build my own brand, which I haven't ever done.
1: Wow. From building all the other brands to building your own brand. That's quite a step. Catherine, we want to thank you for taking some time out of your day to chat with us. It's been wonderful. It's been amazing. It's been instructive. It's been inspirational. We thank you for your time and thank you for your insights.
0: Thank you so much. It was really enjoyable. And you asked great questions. So I hope that all of your listeners... That's all Peggy's uh, fault. <laughs> <laughs> I hope all of the listeners go back and uh, listen to it again, because I so-
2: i know that I will.
1: Wonderful. Thank
2: I have you. to add something. Catherine, thank you for bringing yourself, your whole self to our interview as well. Excellent. My pleasure.